All right, this has been quite the process to get the one to five podcast this week, the episode 12. And uh, we have we kind of pushed it back last night because we had some technical difficulties. Had it planned today for it to go through perfectly. Everything kind of fell apart. <laughs> Just tried to call Andrew because I told him, I said, I said, going back to your camper. And then I called him on the app messed up so we're trying some new technology which is basically put him on the speakerphone and record it on my computer <laughs> so uh <laughs> just trying to make it happen here. that's right so basically the problem here is your camper that's, oh, yeah. that's the problem <laughs> so you know this thing is not and not a problem so, that, uh, I don't know. I mean, this is probably this is characteristic of this camper is just uh, a problem. So, you know. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, but now that you said it, I believe it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. well, you know, bugs worked out, so. it is. And and if 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 there if our listeners aren't picking it up yet, you are back down at state hell state. And I had just asked yeah, you a, a quick question about how your first day went. So go ahead and explain it to our people about how your first day went. Okay, which which first day? I'm, uh, you know, uh, was it the, you know, moving down first day or the first day of school? Uh, don't bore us with the moving down because you're a pro at that. It's the school that that I know you absolutely love. <laughs> How did right, school so go? The first juice is here. All right, so what what do we do first day of school? We go get breakfast. All right, so. Roll up to the cafeteria. I'm expecting scones and coffee. No, no, it's it's you got to get in the line. All right, you stand in line. All right, first of all, you got to wear the mask. Of course, that's not a big deal. Why you been doing that? But just stand in line for like 20 minutes for some eggs and bacon. No, and they have not the blueberry, but the apple cinnamon scones, which I'm like they'll do. But the, you know they they handle them. You can't handle them. So, I, you know, I guess it's good for me for portion control because I, that keeps me from going back getting six or seven or eight or 12 or how many ever I was going to eat. <laughs> so, that's okay. Uh, but classes, they're, I mean, they're all right. I mean, half of mine are online, half of them are in person, which, I mean, that's okay. I mean, I can do some at my own pace. Um, some of them I'd rather not shown up for, so that's good. Um, but everybody is slammed with homework, it seems like. You see the, the, uh, been in the camp for doing homework for like five hours today. Mm. So I've been working on some for three or four. So, uh, yeah. So this short semester is going to be a, it's going to be a ride, man. You're going to pack it in. I mean, y'all got to get done before Thanksgiving. You know. Yeah. So, so does does that we eliminate get one holiday? We get Labor Day. That's it. I was just so. about to ask that. Does that eliminate any kind of holidays? Because sometimes y'all have like a little fall break before Thanksgiving. That like y'all have like a. I don't know if it's like an extended weekend or something like that. So none of that. Nope. Uh, we, get, we get Labor Day off. That's it. Man. So. Welcome to Crash Course College. Oh, or this is a crash and burn problem. But anyway. You're going to ace it. You're going to ace it. No, no problem. I got to do some cleanup from last week's show. Of course, last week's show, we celebrated who? The Golden Boy. So I got yeah. to do some cleanup after that show because – I was listing off the gifts and everything, and I totally, and he's going to hate me for it. Natty, the president of Alpha Campa, or whatever y'all call it, okay, he sent me a gift, and I totally forgot to tell you. 
Remember we were doing the I, gifts that, that your friends would get you for a year, you know, to last uh, you for a year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's no tell. Man, he came, he came over, you know, Saturday night, man. We grilled out and everything. He was probably expecting me to ask him or to comment on his gift. Here you are. You forgot about it. I did. Oh, my. I, I swear. Well, I'll tell you now if you'd like me to. He said, he said what he would get you for your birthday to last you for a year is a new beard because the old one is gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. That's beard, folks. I said I beard, totally not beard. Forgot, like, I totally forgot all these people down here haven't seen me beardless. So, like, I walk in today and, like, one of my professors is like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, uh, senior studio. He goes, you're a freshman. I'm like, dude, wait. <laughs> No, I pulled my mask down. He's like, I still don't know who you are. And I'm like, I'm Andrew. And he's like, you're totally changed. I don't even know you. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so that's that's from Natty. And, uh, you know, so you can go and give him a hug for that. He would get you a new beard. That's beard. I didn't say beer. I, I know that can be kind of confused. Beard. <laughs> so... Uh, Andrew shaved his beard after I had been trying to get you to shave it since you graduated. It it only took Aubrey trying to convince you, and you shaved it. So that's all I needed was to get Aubrey on board. So, but um, you know, so and and the thing about it, I need to say something else to Natty because I really want him to start listening to these podcasts. Um, to Natty's good friend named Ellie. The golden boy would like to have his book back, Mingling of Souls, for his birthday. That's exactly right. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That's an inside joke, people. Um, uh, other than that, I do have a bit of information that I have found out. And you have no clue where I'm about to hit you. Okay? No, no, no. Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, I understand through the grapevine two very reliable sources that were very um, braggadocious, I guess you could say. They um, informed me that there was a tour of not one, but both campers of the Nelson brothers and that there was an eatery going on and that there were gift bags of desserts sent home. Um, and I did not get the invite to this this shindig that was put together by the Nelson family for several couples and Wade. Okay. Okay. Listen. Listen. Okay. So it was me and Wade had something planned already. Okay. And then said person said, Oh, I'm gonna come out and look at the campers. I'm like, well, come on. And then other said person was just there and was like, well, I'm coming too. I'm like, well, okay. So, and then my mom was like, well, just bring their wives. I'm like, well, here, here we go. We got a party. So, yeah. You had a party. You had a party and did not invite me and even had party favors. Wade said that you said that you would even come pick him up. Party favor? No, I didn't go pick him up. I was too late. I was late. I'm going to be honest. Andrew, the gold boy, was late. I didn't forget about him. I was late, okay? You don't understand how in a pool of nothing I felt whenever they were just braggadocious about this camper tour that was going on, burgers flying everywhere, and then even like Brian, oh, oh, sorry, Brian, uh, <laughs> Brian saw Rob walking in the hallway and said, there he is, there he is, and Rob dodged to get out of my way. 
He is avoiding me knowing that he did not, you did not invite me. Golden boy, it's on you, brother. It's locked no, on no, you no, like no. a figure let's, four. No, 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 no. Let's turn this on the heart of the people that are bragging. What, what does the Bible say about bragging? How about that? Okay. <laughs> this is a donkey spin right here. I mean, this is Andrew doing a donkey spin. He's in the corner, he's injured, and he's striking at anything. <laughs> I'm here with a player's job. He's chopping everything. You know, I'm glad Jesus is my friend, you know. Okay, so so basically, you're saying that that Brian and and uh, and Wade are blowing this way out of proportion. Well, well, no, I didn't say they were blowing it out of proportion. We did have a good time. Okay, checked her hard on the bragging thing. Too, okay. So. The funny thing is, is I never heard anything about it until they, I mean, like you didn't say, hey, yeah, man, I had even a tour, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it would have hurt less if it came from you, I think. See, this is me well, venturing over into my unhealthy seven, okay? Because just like Aubrey talks about how she feels like if somebody's doing something and she doesn't get the invite, it's that FOMO, that fear of missing out. This is the that that me, I'm lining to that unhealthy seven. So, um, <laughs> so, so I guess, I guess I will take, take it as it's on me, you know, um, I, I don't know what you have to qualify, you know, what you have to have to get into that little, you know, click there. Um, but, but I didn't have it obviously. And that's fine, you know, so, uh, but I had to brag you about it cause I found out about it. And Brian was just like throwing, you know, just kerosene on the fire. I mean, just, just fuel on the fire. And just saying, hey, say this to him, tell him this, and talking about how Meemaw, like, you know, gave him this blueberry scone and all this, you know, cinnamon rolls and all this stuff. And there I was just standing there with my little mask on. Here I am having a, having a rough day at school with just kids. <laughs> out of nowhere. Well, that, that's the beauty of it. But yeah, I had to rag you about that. So. That's the beauty. The beauty. Do you hear this man? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's let's get to something that I know we're unified about, and that's that's the Bible. So um, we're going to take uh, just a quick uh, just um, uh, break here, and then we're going to talk about Acts chapter six, finish it up. And I can't wait. I'm fired up about it. I've only had a whole other day to stew on it, so I'm fired up about it. So after this short little break, we'll uh, we'll get into that. So get your Bibles and your pens and your thinking caps on. You ready for that, Andrew? Yeah, let's go. I'm ready, man. All right, let's take a break. All right, Acts chapter 6, and last week um, we, we busted open the first seven verses, and basically what we really talked about, and I'll just, I'll just nutshell it for you, is there were, there were needs that need to be met, physical needs that needed to be met, and the disciples couldn't do that and continue to teach and preach the word. Um, because these needs were so important, they... They then got disciples, um, elected disciples, seven disciples, excuse me, not disciples, deacons, to um, basically take care of these physical needs. There were widows that um, were either being shortchanged or looked over when it came to mealtime. And so they selected seven um, deacons. And we talked a lot about delegation 
and about how for the body or for the church to truly thrive, we've got to learn the art or the discipline of delegation. And we both kind of shined a light about where you and I struggle on that. And I'll say this personally, this week at work, you know, with, with you and Wade gone, I'm really having to learn how to delegate to these younger guys that I don't know. And I, and I, and I talked about how that takes a lot of trust and I can already see, you know, especially this week, just where God's working in that area and dealing with some of these guys. And I am just telling them, Hey, do this, do that and delegating things to them. But for the body of Christ to, to really thrive and for the local church to thrive and the global church, we've got to learn the art of delegation. Not everybody can teach. Not everybody should teach. The Bible says that. And also not everybody can serve in certain capacities. I believe that everybody should serve, but there are just some capacities where it's just not, um, you know, logistical, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah. we, we talked a lot about delegation and we talked also about how um, basically the, the, the church continued to grow as it spread the gospel and met physical needs. And that's kind of where we left off. And so we pick up in, in verses 8, and we're going to go 8 through 15. That closes out chapter 6. But 8 and 10 say this, and, and, and basically what's happening here is as the church continued to spread the gospel and meet physical needs, the Lord added to its number. So this church is growing. This isn't a, a stagnant church. They're not like, okay, I've got the people that I like, and that's all I want to grow. This church was continually reaching out continually sharing the gospel, continually finding needs they can meet. And that that's that's news to us as a church. Like that's that's that should be a big sign for us that we should never get to a place of being stagnant of I like this number. I'm comfortable with these people. I don't want to reach out. We're we're fine. We should always reach out, always try to meet those needs. And um so here here's the thing. This this multiplication of, of adding all of these numbers and people beginning to follow, this grabbed the attention of many, um, many in the synagogue of freedmen. Now, I have to give you some Bible nerd stuff here. The synagogue of freedmen, they, this existed of Jews who were once enslaved to Rome, and they settled in Jerusalem after being free. So these were once slaves in this synagogue of, of freedmen. They were once enslaved Jews. That once Rome freed them, they settled in Jerusalem and, and began this synagogue of freedmen. That's why it's called freedmen. And it's made up of a number of different backgrounds. You can see them listed in there. Um, yeah. They did not agree with Stephen. This, 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 these people from this synagogue did not agree with Stephen. They didn't, didn't agree with his uh, theology. They uh, rose up and they began to argue with him. And, that, and I just stopped there to, to say this. And we know this in this world as a matter of opinions. There's going to be people that just staunchly disagree with you. And, and I'm talking even in the church house. You know, have you ever run into that? Like somebody that just staunchly disagrees with you? Have you run into that yet? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the easiest thing, obviously, because I'm in it all the time is uh, the landscaping part. You know, because like. You know, and I'll say this, the, the way the company you and I work for, Little Cypress Natives, the way we do a landscape is totally different than everybody, what everybody else sees. You know, there's a different style of landscape that's been going around in the industry for forever. But you just get those people that are like, it's got to be done this way and you're wrong all the time. 
you know, I'm right. And I think that's how these people are here, too, in this story. Um, it doesn't matter how you try to sway them or anything. They're just be like, no. this is it this is it and 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 here's the thing there are things in our faith that are non-negotiable you can find those if you go and look up the apostles creed you can find those now the apostle creed is not in the bible but it, it is an adopted saying by protestants of this is what we believe and those are things that are unwavering but then there are like secondary issues and even third issues that that aren't necessarily in the Bible point blank that I believe that we can, there's room for disagreement. There's room for reasoning. You know what I'm saying? But there are clear cut things in scripture that we can't disagree on. All right. Well, what was happening here is as Stephen was coming, preaching this theology of the risen Christ, that didn't line up in their religion of what they had learned in the old Testament. They were missing this Christ as many did. They were missing him. And so as as Stephen spoke and spoke the things of Christ, they were thinking, my goodness, this is blasphemy. He's teaching a total different theology than what we we taught and what we grew up with. Um, and, and the thing about it is, is I believe that, as I said, that there are things within our local church and in our global church that we cannot move on. And I've seen people move on. And it is frustrating to me because I see it clear cut in Scripture. But then there are things that we like heels that we down. I'll give you an instance. We down heels such as music. And and we we have such a differing opinion on that. And it's still a fight that's going on that I feel like it was going on when I was a youth and probably even before me. But like those are heels that I've seen church churches split up over 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 style of music. You know? And that's crazy the things that we get hung up on you know and i know that you know eventually when we get to heaven Jesus is going to be like man y'all waste so much time you know on on arguing about these these things that are like you know like it's if we're going down the music route it should be listen to the words and who you know it should be worshiped from your heart i mean I, i know like you know mainstream music's you know it's good to you know, be with the times and everything, but also like let's look at your heart too. Right, right. You know, if you're, if you're the one sitting there crossed, your arms crossed during the because you don't like the music, you need to check yourself. And, and uh, I mean, it ain't about you. That's right. And and I mean, you know, there are songs that that I've been at worship services, not just where we go to church, but like at youth camp that I just don't I don't like. I don't like the song, and and I don't find anything necessarily theologically wrong with, but I just don't like it. And but the the last thing that I want to do is go around telling everybody how much I hate that song, and they're wrong for 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 liking it. Now, if there's something theologically wrong, I believe we should talk about it. All right, does that make sense? But but as far as the song, there's there's a number of songs that we sing that that I'll be honest with you, man, I just don't like. But I yeah. think the wrong thing to do is is to start some type of movement as to try to tear down everything because I don't like a certain song or style. <laughs> you know? So right. now, I think we're both in agreement here that if there's something, you know, factually wrong about this song that says something in Scripture, then I think that's the proper time to say, hey, whoa. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if something is, is staunch and there's, like, oh, that just doesn't, that doesn't line up with Scripture. That's getting a little... That's getting a little, you know, in the in the gray, I guess you can say, where, where Scripture is really clear on this. Yes, we should say something, and, and, 
and we should either change the words if we can or not sing the song at all you know right but that that's on music i mean you hear that you hear that 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 discussion right there that just broke out over music you take that and then you start plugging in things like i know people that have gotten mad and left churches because of the color of the carpet i really do because yeah. of a door being taken down or a wall being taken down people getting upset over building stuff and that right there is yet another thing that it's like what are we arguing about here you know yeah so, yeah and we bring it back to the story here these people that are arguing with Stephen were slaves at one time, and they're arguing over the gospel, which the gospel sets people free. So it's like, why are you arguing with the same thing that happened to you? Yeah, yeah, you're you're <laughs> you free know, today. Crazy. You're free today because of what God has done, and you're free spiritually because because of what Christ has done. But they're missing the Christ because they're so wrapped up in their religion. They're so wrapped right. up in their tradition. So so many Christians panic about this fact. Stephen began to debate with them, um, and but they so many Christians panic about this. We feel the pressure of having to know all the answers. Do you ever feel that pressure, like you have to know all the answers? And yeah, and I, and I know for me sometimes it's hard for me to bring up that conversation to somebody. You know, like if I'm trying to uh, present the gospel to them, because like, you know, what if they ask me a question here? It's like I don't know it, then I'm gonna look like a fool and not a Christian. It's like, well, then. I'm more focused on myself more than I am trying to let the spirit work through me and be that clear vessel. That's right. You know, I'm standing at that point. Yeah. So, so, so uh, you're right. You kind of put yourself at the center in the spotlight in a sense of saying this, this hinges on me. You know, yeah, I, I've got to look yeah, good here. I've got to sound good here. I've got to sound like I know what I'm talking about here, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that is a, that is a, a, a big time temptation. Um, it's because I think we we feel that pressure not just in things biblically, we feel it in society. Because here here's the thing, like it it goes to that fear of missing out that I kind of joked about earlier, is if we don't know something, a bit of information, it's like we don't feel like we can hang in the conversation or talk to people. So that's why we we readily get on Google and we try to find facts or whatever to sound educated on a subject, you know, because we don't want to be left out, you know. And and so yeah. and so I think that's a lot of the pressure that people feel spiritually, and it's why, dare I say, why that so many people don't open up the door to talk deeper and talk about spirituality because they're afraid that they don't know what they're talking about, you know. And that's a real fear. And and I'll be honest with you, at that point, I think that we should shut up because I don't think you should just be spouting off things. But in the same breath, don't let that silence keep you from studying the bible or, or or talking with people if that makes any sense like learning from people all right yeah and right. you shouldn't you shouldn't be if you're not reading the word and you're just spouting off stuff well then you know you got to be careful too because yep. you may be but that's not true about the bible because you're not studying it you're not actively your heart's not actively being changed each and every day by it right um you know, I, and, and I think that's a legit thing. Like, if you are not studying the Bible, don't say anything. That's right. You know, because then you're held accountable for that. Mm -hmm. That's right. Too. So, I mean, it's just in your best interest. But, you know, like, let's just look at Stephen here. Let's just say, I'm going to read verse 8 real quick because this is really hitting right now. Yeah. It says, now Stephen was full of grace and power and was performing great wondrous signs among the people. But let's look at this phrase. They're full of grace and power. 
Yeah. So Stephen was submitted to the Spirit as he was uh, doing all these signs and preaching among these people. Let's not forget about that. That's right. That's right. And he had to be because here's the thing. And it was, you know, when we were going through um, Acts at the beginning of COVID, you know, that's one thing that just kept coming up. Spirit led, spirit surrender, spirit filled, you know, not necessarily in all the order. I'm just saying you to be a Christian, you must be spirit filled, spirit led, spirit surrendered. And Stephen is 100 percent that. And the only way the, the spirit, the only way the spirit's power is able to work through Stephen and into other people or into other things is by him being spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-surrendered. So it is vital. It is key. To, to our knowledge, Stephen was not schooled in in scriptures. Now, he knew them. I'm not saying that, but he wasn't a Paul. You know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon. He had a good reputation. He was full of the spirit, which is what we just talked about. And he was full of wisdom. Now, that's where a lot of people get confused. Because I think they think that that full of wisdom means that I'm very smart in the Bible. But what that wisdom is, is that he knew who God was. And by knowing who God was, that propelled him to learn more about the scriptures. All right. So um, that propelled him to study, which goes back to what you said a while ago, is that if you don't know something, don't just sit there and say, well, I don't know it. Allow that unknowing to drive you to learn more. Now, that is that is easy for a number five to say because I am always studying every single doggone angle. It's like I, that's how I set up like my, my studies. I find one word and I like just research the mess out of that word and how that got there and why that got there, you know. So that's easy yeah. for me to say. But I want to ask for you, when you don't know something, what what is generally your approach to it? I know you're kind of a guy who's hands on, and so if you apply this to something like in your in your you know field of of your career or whatever, if you don't know something, what's your approach? What do you generally do? Well, the last thing I do, I'm gonna be honest with you, if I'm for talking hands on, but the last thing I do is ask for help because that, that's my pride in me. That's a very awful trait that I have. I, I get that. I'm saying I will, I will I will go to the end. I will crash and burn before I ask for help. And that's awful. But if I ever do get to that spot, I try to ask for help. That's good. I try to. And, uh, you know, especially like, OK, I have had some spiritual conversations with people to where I just have to tell them, like, I, I don't know. You know, yeah, I don't know. And, I, and I'll say this. I've had a few conversations with, with Catholic people. And they'll ask me all these questions and. I'm like, I'll be honest, I really don't know. I was like, you know, and they try to tell me, well, well, it's all the same. Well, no, it's not. No, it's and not. I, I, you know, because I haven't researched, you know, Catholicism and everything else, I don't know the differences because I haven't studied that either. So it's like, right. and I have to say, I don't know. And then, you know, but then, a, you, then I feel like I walk away. I'm like, well, I didn't do enough. Well, I didn't do enough. Well, in fact, that's just my pride telling me, you know, you're not good enough. You didn't study when I, I stood in the way because I'm thinking I had to know everything. I stood in the way of the spirit there from trying to work through me. Yeah. So, But that's, you know, I kind of always jokingly say that if I don't know something, I'll give you the theological answer of I don't know. You know, but I, th I think I think one thing that we don't do enough of is when we don't know something. And, and again, I guess I'm kind of talking down to people here because I'm, I'm the opposite. 
when I don't know something, I, I, I really research it. And I think a lot of times when we tell people we don't know, like that right there, that instance you just said, if it was me and it was me kind of debating with Catholic Catholics or, or fill in the blank, I would go and try to educate me personally. I would go and try to educate myself or find out how they arrived at what they're saying. Does that make sense? Right, and right. That, that's just me, though. But now now I'm in the same bre uh, breath as you is as that I would not ask for help. But where you would come around and ask for help, I never would, you know, and that's that's yeah. that's where I fail. So I can go and research it like crazy, but I'm not going to ask for help. <laughs> you yeah. know? So uh, it, it was, I want to say this, too, is like, you know, and, you know, just my personality, you know, like if something doesn't work for me, I just like. If it doesn't work the first time, I just I kind of end it and I kind of steer away from it. Really, you know, if if you're trying to witness to somebody, and I've done this in the past, and it's not good at all. And I pray for these people. I pray that my heart's changed um, every day to not be like this. But like when I have tried to minister to people, and like they don't really take it well, you know, they don't they don't really they're not like really interested in it. I'm just like, well, they're never going to be. So just forget it. Mm. You know, I, I just want to encourage you, leave the door open. You know, like if you say, like, I don't know, maybe throw something there. Like, I don't know. Let me go research this and I'll get back to you with it. Yeah. You know, because you're not giving up. Yeah, that's good, man. No. That's real good. Real good. Um, So uh, what was happening here was um, he knew who God was and that propelled him to study. We, we, we understand that he wasn't schooled. But he would, they were unable, the people who were coming against Stephen, they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit in which he was speaking, which means he was confounding them. All right. Here is an uneducated man, to our knowledge, who is up against very educated people, and he is confounding them. But the reason is, is because what you talked about just a while ago, Andrew, it's the spirit that is flowing through him. He's full of the spirit and the spirit is directing his words and and guiding his his mind. And I mean, he is reasoning with them and everything that they bring up, like Old Testament, he's able to how it is pointing to Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so that is the spirit directing and guiding and empowering him. And so they were unable to cope with him. They could not hang with him. And so that blows my mind and always gives this uneducated boy hope. <laughs> so, you know, it's the spirit, man. Like, you know, if it's, I like to say this, but like, if, if, if a decision is made and everybody's in one accord, you know, we talked about this last, uh, last show. And if everybody's in one accord, and it doesn't matter if, you know, like in, in Stephen's case, you know, he confounded all these people, and all of them were confounded. You know his spirit-led, and what he's saying is sound doctrine. You know his spirit-led. Yeah. So, That's right. and then, I, I don't know if we've made it to this part yet. I don't really know, but I'm reading ahead in verse 15. We'll see here that obviously it was spirit-led, but we can physically see that he was spirit-led. Oh, that's good. Hang on to that. Hang on to that, because I can't wait to get there. So, we're, we're running behind, but hey, it's good. In verses 11 through 12, these Jews from the Freedmen Synagogue, listen to this. They secretly induced men to say, all right, so so now let's, let's just picture this as it is. These people from the Freedmen Synagogue felt they were right. You know what I'm saying? They felt that they were true followers of God. And so listen to what they do. 
if if let me let me just ask you this, Andrew. If you know that you are right, you know, like God has said, you are right. You know, like everything that you are standing on is is the truth of God. Where's your confidence level, you personally? Where's your confidence level? I mean, is it, well, it's going to be hundred percent. I mean, if if I know for a fact that God said this, well, hey, you said it, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not really, but but no, listen, listen, listen to what they do. Now, these are the people that claim to be the followers of God. They secretly induced men to say, which means they encouraged men to say this was in secret. So I, I came to this conclusion. If they were so right, why did they feel the need to do this in secret? If they were <laughs> so right, why did they feel the need to go in secret and say, "Okay, we need to encourage, you know, uh, to, you know, to, to come up and tell, you know, tell what he's done and, and basically create a lie. All right. So we go a little step further. I ask this question. Isn't this the same tactic as Satan? Isn't this 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 thing done in secret? Isn't that the same tactic of Satan? Satan did this thing in Genesis where he came through a serpent. There's deception there, but he secretly found himself there in the garden. Now, we know that one person knew he was there. Who was that? God. God knew exactly he, where he was, okay? But he secretly came in, and then he began to deceive. So they are secretly coming in and secretly getting these guys together. That is a tactic of Satan, and we're going to see that as a, uh, a reoccurring theme. So yeah, you see, you see it back when Jesus was uh, being arrested. When, G when Judas went behind everybody else's back and made a deal with the guys to come arrest him. I mean, that this, that was done in secret. Dude, that's good. I didn't even think of that one. That is really yeah. good. So, so that stops me to th say this to our listeners and to myself. It's like if you feel like you need to do things in secret, and and obviously I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about things that, that God says you should do in secret, like giving in secret. But I'm talking about if you feel like you need to do tactics in secret, then you may want to check out where those intentions are coming from. Because those may be literally coming from Satan, you know, and he's tempting you to do things in secret. And so it's probably not right. Um, so they got them together to say this. We have heard him say blasphemous things against God and Moses. So they get them together in secret and they came up with this lie saying, we've heard them say blasphemous things against God and Moses. Now, here's the thing. They may have heard him say things about Jesus, but Stephen never blasphemed God, never blasphemed Moses. He just pointed ahead to why God and Moses, you know, spun this whole story into be and that Jesus is here. All right. And so there are people in this secret meeting that never heard Stephen say anything. But because these people are doing it in secret, now all of a sudden they believe that Stephen said it when they don't even know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so they began to stir up people, the elders and the scribes. They stirred them up with this lie. And this is division. Yet another tactic of who? Satan. Satan himself. That's exactly right. So there we see another tactic. So if this was driven by the spirit of God, the people wouldn't have to be stirred. If the spirit of God was truly in this, meaning that Stephen was blaspheming him, blaspheming God, it would be exposed by the spirit. You wouldn't need man to stir it up. 
And so here they're stirring up something against a righteous man that's, that's following Jesus Christ. This is yet another tactic of Satan. So they dragged him away. They brought him before the council. This is the Sanhedrin. It'd be like going before the Supreme Court in our nation. Can you believe that? The Supreme Court. Um, and so here um, you begin to see that in verses 13 through 15, there are false witnesses. There are liars that told Stephen, uh, told that Stephen frequently spoke against the temple and the law. He never spoke against it, but he spoke about the true temple and he spoke about the true law. And that's Jesus Christ. And so their religion was being pushed to the back. Because the relationship with Jesus was what was important. So this lies and deception is yet another tactic of who, Andrew? Satan himself. Satan himself. Do you not see this all in here? About how this man-made anger against Jesus the Christ, Jesus Christ was, was infused by Satan. He's all in this, y'all. Just the tactics of these people that, that were in church. They knew the scriptures. But they were listening to this deceit and following this deceit, and it was nothing but an act of Satan against this righteous man, against this man who followed Jesus Christ. Wow. It just blew me away when I when I thought about that, you know, just the tactics of yeah. Satan showing up. And it made me stop and think, like, look at my own tactics of, of my daily life. Are they God-inspired or are they Satan-influenced? You get what I'm saying? Yes, yes. If, if it's wow. if it's division that I'm pushing, if it's if it's things that I feel like I have to do in secret, if it's lies that I feel like I have to tell, well, I know that that's not from the spirit, that's from Satan. So I need to push that away. Yeah. Wow. So, Man, that's wow. It's powerful. <laughs> powerful. I, I have no words. <laughs> so they testified of him speaking of Jesus, who would bring his kingdom, and he fulfilled the law. All right. So they they did not like that. The fact that that basically Jesus would rebuild this temple on, you know, in three days and, and that they totally didn't understand that. They didn't understand the fact that he would fulfill the law. I mean, the law was the greatest thing in their eyes. And that's how they aligned themselves with God was how well they kept the law. Well, Jesus exposed the fact that, you know, the law condemned them already and that they would need him. So the whole council saw Stephen's face. This turned them upside down. Then as he was sitting there and catching all these insults, all these lies, all this, all this, this pushing down on, on Stephen, exactly what you said a while ago, the whole council saw Stephen's face like the face of an angel. Now, can you repeat what you said a while ago about how they physically saw it? What did, what did you, what was your wording on that? You, it was just like, if you wanted to like proof of that he was filled with the spirit, if he was glowing like the face of an angel, Boy, back up. I'm just saying. <laughs> he was full of it. He was full of it. And and the thing is, I, you know, let's, let's talk about this for a second with maybe the time that we got left here is think about your face glowing like an angel. What what does that mean? Um, And, and the, there's one word that I could come to, Andrew, and, that, and as I've thought about this, because I think it can mean several different things. Um, But. The word that I came to was peace. He had full peace in, in the fact that all of this is pressing down on him. He's being lied about. He is, um, there, there's a mob that's dragged him before the Supreme Court. And, and let's, 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 let's just, I guess, try to blow this out of proportion the way we typically do. This is Stephen. This is a common man. 
He really is. He's a common man who is a deacon for his church. Okay? So he's meeting the needs of the, of the community of widows and different things like that. But here, he's standing before very schooled people that are casting lies against him. And he knows what his fate is, probably is. There's probably, without an act of God, there's no way he's getting out of this. And yet, in that, he has peace. And I just kind of just put myself in his shoes, man. There was probably screaming and all sorts of hollering going on in that in that room that they were in. And I just want to put myself in his shoes. It's like, oh, how, how, how would I react to that? Exactly. But again, it goes back to the heart thing. You know, he, he was fully submitted to the spirit. At this point, like uh, again, you know, full of full of uh, full of grace and power, you yeah. know, and that was because of the Spirit. But like, look at the look at the peace that the Holy Spirit brought him in that. Because just stand there and you know, and, and not lash out and not and not want to defend himself, and, and he just he just stood there. Yeah, that's a thing, man. And that's it, insane. And it what what it all it all all it comes down to is this: is Stephen was a man who did what Christ told him to, he abided in him. He stayed connected to him. When And, and his unknowing of maybe he didn't know as much as the religious elites, that didn't steer him away from spending time with Christ. And so because he had spent so much time with Christ or because he daily and momentary spent time with Christ, that spilled over into a critical moment to where he's standing there and he has full peace because he knows where his heart is at with Christ. He knows. He knows who has him. He knows who's his protector and provider. He knows all of that. And in that moment, he has full peace. That is a word for all of us in this crazy world right now. You know, we're in election year and you've got people on both sides of the pendulum that's like, oh, my goodness, if this other person gets in, this world's going or this nation's going to this. If this person gets in, this nation's going to this. But guess what? I'm just being honest and I, I'm not being over spiritual. God still got it. Do, do we have peace about that? That God is still on his throne. And, and, you know, it seems like whenever somebody gets their candidate in that they want, they tell everybody else, well, he's allowed in there by God. But the minute their candidate that they don't want to in, they begin to panic. Y'all, God's still got it no matter who's in, in the White House. God's still got it no matter who's king over the world. God still has it. And we as believers need to walk in peace. I'm not saying that we bury our head in the sand and not do what we can do, you know, in, in, in voting and different things like that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we can walk in that peace, you know, because our Savior, our Lord, our King is greater than anybody that's ever sat on a throne here. You know, and that's that peace yeah. that Stephen has. You know, it's, it's to the people think, to the people who think like if one person gets elected, we're going to have just like complete paradise. Everything's going to be peace. And guys, it's not our job to make this our paradise. No. This is not our home. No, it's not. You know, it's not. It's not. So it's it's just, uh, you know, I just came to that word peace when I when I saw that his face was like an angel, you know, and he just uh, yeah. he was glowing. Like you said, the spirit was literally radiating out of him. So it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Anything else you got on that? Other than like, you know, you just can't deny the fact 
mean, his, you know, his his mind and his heart was in the right place for this, and then, and he was he was chosen by all those people, you know, and because of his reputation and everything, man, he he stood the test, you know, yeah. he, he he ran that little race there, and, and you know, if you read on more, you know, through um, through chapter seven at the end, I mean, you'll see like you know his his ministry wasn't that long. Yeah. You know, he, he did the will of the Father the best he could in that short amount of time that he was um, chosen as a deacon. That's you right. Know? That's, That's right. awesome. That's right. Man, it, it is. So a great, great, great chapter there. Um, I kind of want to go a different direction next week. I, I'm kind of throwing this on you, so don't don't panic or anything. I think some people are like, well, why don't y'all continue on with this? And maybe we'll pick it up on it, pick up on it. Maybe, you know, one day we'll get in the habit of kind of like we did with, with Ruth and going through things verse by verse. But something just came to me today of, and it's kind of off the discussion that you and I had last night. You know, I think a lot of times we can look down a road that we're like, man, I've wasted this time. I've wasted these five years. And and so I want to kind of bust that open and talk about um, time wasted, you know, and, and, and where I want to come with that is, is talking about, you know, you're here where you are today because God has you here. And so a lot of times we look at our past as such wasted time, but, but all along God used each instant to get you here. And I just want to kind of elaborate on it. I don't necessarily want to come and say, okay, here's what I got and here's what it is. I just want to talk about, you know, maybe from, from personal stories or just examples of, of here's where I thought it was failure. And here's where I may even right now think it's failure, but what God could be doing out of it. You want to go that direction next week? Yeah, let's do that, man. I think that's, um, I think we both have stories just knowing you and like, you know, how critical you can be of yourself sometimes and, and everything that, you know, we, you and I can see it from both sides. Yeah. And I think that would be, I think that would be awesome. I think that may speak to somebody. I think let's do that. Cool, man. Cool. Hey, before we go, uh, this is going to be absolutely crazy. All right. Is, is Jared next door? Okay, I'm about to send you. I'm about to send you out to go, and let's just mess with him for a minute. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Don't tell me what we're doing either. I'm just going over here. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do commentary. Like, what are you seeing? What am I seeing? Yeah, like right now, you got to do commentary for us. We can't see. Oh, I'm walking right across somebody else's yard right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wearing like gym shorts and your brown Clark shoes? Oh no, man! I'm swagged. Oh, there's somebody's dog. Oh, <laughs> somebody's dog's after me. Oh, get away! I would give any, part of you. I would give hold anything on. if that dog. Hold on, hold on. It's got the blinds closed. Hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, you better knock. I think he's watching Duck Dynasty. Oh come on, that show's so over. Watching it on YouTube. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Straight thugging. Straight thugging. <laughs> well, don't, don't say anything. Don't say anything bad. Oh, God. Yeah, what's up, Juicy? <laughs> what's up, Maggie? How was your first day at school? Uh, it was all right. Well, it was funny because I read my, my I, you know, me trying to be organized, I got a planner, right? Yeah. And uh, this planner that I got, I wrote 
what class I had on the wrong day, so I went to the wrong building, as a freshman would do, you know. <laughs> you rookie. <laughs> I know. But I figured it out and made the class on time, so it was all right. I just got done doing about three hours worth of chemistry. So. Welcome to state. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, seriously, uh, very briefly, because we've only got a few minutes, but I just wanted to kind of – something came up on all of our time hops this week. Y'all know what I'm talking about, all right? There was an epic day to where we were working on a job, and this is a story, and I'm just going to call it the perfect crime, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about, and we cannot say the guy's name. We'll just call him Scotty D. How's that, okay? Yeah. Okay, so I'm in the Bobcat. I am just like slinging dirt. And it's just loud. And there's Andrew, Juicy, Zoe, and Grayson that are working on this job. And we're like doing a big cleanup job. Well, I see Andrew, and I'm, I'm going to pause and ask what you saw, okay? But I see Andrew kind of having this weird look on his face and like he had just kind of like hollered at somebody. So, Andrew, briefly, what happened in that instant? Because we don't know what's happened yet. I just saw you having an encounter. So what happened there? looking at Harry's truck and I'm I'm seeing this green thing just kind of just in the front of his truck I'm like what's going on and this guy's walking up the driveway in a in a you know yellow caution cone cut off t-shirt <laughs> and I can't I can't hear it because the bobcat's running and he just screamed like at me and I'm like I, I'm like I just look at him I'm like I don't know what you said <laughs> and then like uh, then after that, I don't know. I'm just looking at you, and I'm like, that guy just yelled at me for some reason. Well, and his girlfriend's standing right there, so I'm like, I really don't know. Well, I, Juicy, what in that moment, what did you see anything in that moment? Uh, in that moment, I was kind of trying to figure out what was going on. So I, me being the kind of curious person I am, I walked down towards Terry's truck, and Zoe's down there with me, and he goes, oh, Lord. Someone done hit Harry's truck. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. No way. And then Zoe just yells up the hill, Hey Harry, someone hit your truck. And see, Zoe was in the dump truck. And so, like, I get out and I'm like, Oh no, Zoe is clipped him. And Grayson's gone, hauled off another lo lo load. But so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, Okay, well, Zoe's clipped him. Zoe hit it. But, and Zoe's like, No, I didn't hit it. And I come around and I see a green car. A green car. Now, now Harry's off in a ditch, okay? And, like, he's parked off to the side, like, off the road, which is something that we would hear over and over and over again. But this this green car has come over in a whole other lane. Now, grant you, it's a county road, okay? But went off in the ditch and hit Harry in the front driver's side front part of the truck. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even in a sharp curve. It's on a straightaway. And so this this tin can of a car, okay, that's that's the best way I can describe it. It is like a seafoam green, okay. I don't even remember what kind of car it was. Do y'all? I think it's a Honda. A Honda. Anyways, so so there's people walking across the field, and, and I guess it's the guy and the girl that, that had hollered at you, Andrew. Yeah, and it's, it's Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scotty D. And so then I tell, you know, we're, we're getting Harry down there, and Harry's going nuts. Like, he's like, what? Who? Hit, 
I'm over, over in the ditch. And they had to, I mean, like, he is going off. And then he starts with his little legs running out through the field saying, hey, hey. He's got his phone in his hand. Y'all got a picture of four-foot guy, okay, hat sideways. He's just screaming, a 72-year-old, hey. And the people are not checking up. They keep walking. And so Harry immediately gets on the phone and calls the cops and reports. And he tells them, and he's very, like, visual. And he's on the phone. He's like, I'm standing in the middle of the road. And he's like, he's like, they had to come all the way across. I'm in the ditch. <laughs> he is screaming it. And up comes Grayson. Grayson in another truck. To which, this is the best part, by the way. And Jared, you're the only one that can really do this scream. So he pulls up. And what does he do, Jared? And so then Grayson reports that he saw this guy acting real shady, like rolling a doobie down by the bridge over by this other guy's house that we know. And it's like he was just acting real shady or whatever. And so, like, we began looking through the car. Now, not touching anything because, I, frankly, I'm scared to touch anything. But you can't touch anything. Airbags out, y'all. And, and to which the weirdest thing that I, I felt that we saw was bags of ice. But there was also yeah. dog food in there. Any other thing, anything I'm forgetting that was in there that was just weird? I, dude, they were living out of that thing. Man, they had clothes piled up. There's all sorts of garbage up on the dash. Like, that thing was nasty, man. It was a, it was a rolling waste management dumpster. <laughs> it, what it, was. it was. So if what happens is, is Grayson and Zoe, they go on home. And, and so we have to wait on a state trooper. And in the meantime, there is another car that all of a sudden leaves. There were a bunch of roofers, basically, is where he went to. And there's a car that leaves and is going up the hill. And it's like, I know him. I'm, I'm like, there he goes. That's him. I know without a shadow of a doubt. A well, dude drives. Like, it was That's and right. Like, so a dude comes around and talks to Harry. And he's, he's like, yeah, he, he's an idiot, but he's a good dude. He's a good dude. <laughs> And Harry said, obviously not. He's left the left the, you know, he's he had a hit and run here. And so like he just kept saying, Yeah, but he's a good dude. He's just an idiot sometimes. And so we're laying on that side on that driveway. All right. And and we're just cutting jokes with Harry. And Harry is laid back, arms behind his head. He is just like, I cannot believe this is happening to me right now. Because he is the most impatient person. You know, we just kept cutting jokes. It kept getting on oh. his nerves. <laughs> we, we, we laid there for an hour and did that to him. <laughs> we, we had to. He was just in so much pain. Well, then when all the cops start getting there, because the state trooper comes, and then I think, like, the county comes. And so when the county comes, Harry's taught them all, basically, or knows them all. So it's like a big family reunion out there. And I'm like, guys, we are in the middle of a doggone crime. <laughs> Yeah, he is running away. So they somehow they ran and, and found ran his tag, whatever. And it was just because don't y'all remember the title of the car or something was like in the in the dash? Y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah, they just bought the car like <laughs> a week ago. I remember it. The guy told me, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, we've had problems with this guy before." Oh yeah. I'm like, well, then you know where he's at. Go get him. And yeah. so and so like the guy from the county is like, "Yeah, it's no big deal. We'll we'll look for him." And so I asked Bill, our cop friend, I'm like, are they really going to live for him? He's like, probably not. So to our knowledge, 
this this crime, this perfect crime, as I would like to call it, it happened on that day. It provided a lot of good laughs for us. But there is still a guy on the run who has hit and run from Harry Wallace, and we have the photo document to to prove it. And I think we are the only three that still care about it. I really do. <laughs> it pops up on my memories every year. I, I, what, what that, that was August 14th. August 14th. August 14th. Yep, that was it. I've got the one of Juicy standing in front of the driver's door doing the point like he found something. So <laughs> I, I may have to post that later. But but I had to share that story, especially with Juicy right here, because that was such a fun, fun day, but a weird day. I would definitely say, I mean, the thing about LCN is you never know what's going to happen. But, but that right there, that tops the cake for me right there. So. <laughs> So, anyways, all right. So I, I just had to tell that story, and I, I'm glad to get that out. <laughs> so oh, that's a good, that's a great memory we all share. Absolutely. We still joke about that too. <laughs> like we'll roll up at church, like, hey, bro, he's a good dude. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or we'll just randomly, you know, talk to each other and say, I wonder what Scotty D's doing today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be kicked back by a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> never know. Never know. All right, fellas, we're about out of time here, but juicy. Stay in the books, brother. All right. Day try. one down. Day one down, only like 450 to go. You're good. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, Andrew. You hit the books, too. You go back home. I got to get me something to eat, man. So it's it's been a good podcast talking about Act 6 and just some random stuff and Scotty D, the perfect crime. So you got anything you need to say, you need to say to our listeners? If you hit uh, somebody, just go go ahead, bite the bullet, and tell them that you hit them. Don't run from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about this? Let's be honest this week. That's okay? good. Let's we talked about that. Let's don't run away. Let's be honest. And if you did something wrong, take it on the chin. It'll be okay. There You'll you, live. There you go. All right. Here we go. What a great show, man. I can't wait till next week. You know, next week we'll navigate and try to find uh, when's the best night to do it. Hopefully Sunday night. And hopefully we got the kinks worked out. Like I said, we're, this, is the first oh, this is the first time we've done it this way. So hopefully it'll uh, – It'll work out fine and everything. We just appreciate everybody listening and following us on Instagram at 125 underscore podcast. So go look that up. By the way, I need to get in next week and talk about the fact that we absolutely got smoked. And this is no pun intended. The bacon people beat us sausage people out massively. And I've got a huge beef with that. No pun intended. So. Well, it's not beef, it's pork, but well, well, I get what you're saying. I got you. All right, man. Well, y'all have a good one down at State. Get the cowbells ringing. We're ready to hear y'all. All right, so we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all during the week and uh, have episode 13. Uh-oh, next week. Wow. Uh-oh. Mm. All right, we'll see you. All right, we'll see you guys later.